to the 19th episode of Mixtape Book Club Podcast. My name's Ellen. And my name is Mel. In each episode, we take a look at a different trope or subgenre in the huge collection of Destiel fanfiction. Today, although we're nearly at the end of June now, um, it's still Pride Month, so we're going to discuss a few fics involving characters in Supernatural coming out, or their sexuality, or other queer topics, um, and just pride celebrations in general. To discuss this fic last night on Earth, we would like to welcome the author, The Communist Unicorn, also known as Kobe. Hey, Kobe. Hello. Uh, the other fics we're going to discuss today are um, Pride by Trisha Sixteen and Purple Horse in a Coffee Shop by Al Masi. Links to all of the fics we're talking about today will, as always, be available in this episode's post on mixtapebookclub.com and included in our collection on AO3. So before we start getting into the Pride stuff, um, Kobe, we, we invited you on today because you write a, a very informative and, and like, you know, no holds barred kind of oh. column on Facebook yeah. <laughs> <laughs> called um, Ask a yeah. Unicorn, I believe. Um, would you like to start by just telling us, uh, like telling everyone what that's about and why why you decided to start writing that? Um, sure. Uh, so, as most people who read my stories are, are probably aware, I'm a gay man. And so, um, when I interacted with other Destiel people on Facebook, I would start getting a lot of questions from, like, writers messaging me with questions about sex questions even, and also just questions about um, relationships in general and gay culture. And they really wanted to make sure that they were portraying everything accurately and respectfully. And so I answered their questions as best I could, but I also started to wonder if maybe there were people out there who had questions that they were too embarrassed to ask, or they just didn't you know, feel comfortable messaging a stranger on Facebook with, with sex questions and stuff. So I, uh, my friend uh, Danny in the, the Destiel Writers and Readers group um, showed me how to set up an anonymous um, form on Google where people could submit questions. And that became the, uh, the Ask Your Friendly Neighborhood Unicorn column where I would it started out as twice a week. I've had to step it back lately, but um, now it's more like every other week. Um, but I would publish a, a, quest, a, a question and an answer every week, and everything is completely anonymous. I don't, I don't know who the questions are from, and I, but I do my best to answer them as uh, as thoroughly as as I am able. And I also re- just recently started posting them on Ao3 as well, because. Oh, you've, fi- you've already started posting them on AO3. Oh, wow, yeah. That's great. So if people would want to read, um, you know, some of your answers there, they can just go to your AO3 page and have a look. Yep, it's right there. It's called Ask Your Friendly Neighborhood Unicorn. And the only tag it has, though, is this is not a fic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I have to, um, I've got to thank you for your, you know, teaching, um, like the the writers of Destiel fiction um a bit more about how gay sex actually works and that kind of thing because <laughs> I feel like a lot of us are kind of 
uh, I mean, women to start with, and um, obviously I don't have experience in that field, but um, do you find when you're reading fix that people tend to represent that kind of thing poorly or do people generally do an okay job of it or what do you in think about general it? people are pretty pretty good at it there are there have been a few and i'm not going to name names but um there have been a few that that kind of made me cringe a little bit but in general people actually are pretty good and i've even found that when i come across something that really upsets me in a fic if i leave a nice polite comment telling the author you know hello you kind of kind of got this got this a little bit wrong or what you what you said here was a little bit offensive um i've even had and we're, we're discussing one of one of her fix today trisha um she was she was very welcoming of of my feedback and uh she actually changed something in a story because she made some there was something in a story about them not having had sex yet or something and the mm -hmm. truth was that they had they just hadn't had uh penetrative sex yet and Right. That that is that is kind of a pet peeve of mine. That belief that that that's the only kind of sex between two men that counts as real sex, and so I left her a, a polite comment, oh, yeah. you know, saying this this is a little bit this is a little bit hurtful the way you phrased it. And she actually went back and and changed the the wording in the chapter so that it no longer said that. <laughs> uh -huh. Well, that's good. I'm sure not, not everyone's receptive to that kind of thing, but um. Yeah, I, I try to I try to pick my audience, and I I already had a little bit of a, a comment. You know, I had commented on a lot of her stories and and received replies from her, and she knew that I that I wasn't attacking her as a writer. I was just you know trying to trying to talk to her as a person. I wasn't I wasn't trying to be to be critical. So I think it yeah. I think it helps. You don't you don't want that to be the first comment you leave on anybody's stories. But in once once you once you have a feel for the person. Usually, I find if yeah. you if you phrase it the right way, people are people are receptive to the feedback. I was actually just thinking about the fact that uh, Kobe said that was a, a pet peeve, and uh, it's definitely mm -hmm. something that's come up recently for me as well as a pet peeve. As I had uh, somebody commenting on one of my stories, um, basically saying that by the end of the story, Cass was still a virgin <laughs> when he definitely was not. Um, so it's it's definitely something that I think comes up. You know, comes up periodically on people's stories and such, and it's actually quite nice because I'll be able to direct them to Ask a Unicorn now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank so. you. Although I think I commented on your story, give me a sign. I think I, I, I thanked you for like not going, not 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 making them just. I think a lot of a lot of writers sometimes they just kind of put in the the penetrative sex. They feel obligated to do it, whether or not it makes sense in that moment in the relationship whether that's really something that the characters would be comfortable with at that point in time and i think i i, I left you a comment mal saying thank you for 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 really not 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 going there when it when it wouldn't have been realistic <laughs> yeah because it's all based on the character and that would not have been appropriate at that, yeah, that, point, at that in point in the relationship, relationship that was cast was not was not there yet <laughs> Yeah, and I think if if Dean had suggested or pressured him into that, it would have been a huge red flag. <laughs> I would have been, I would have had some words for Dean at that point. <laughs> but so, but yeah. Dean was good, and he, he thought about what Cass needed, and and he made it he made it you know feel feel good to him, and it was it was much better than 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 if they had just you know gone for that because it because it was the thing to do. And purely from 
a writing and, and reading perspective. I also just kind of want it to be known like fandom wide. It does not have to be penetrative to be hot. <laughs> it doesn't at all. <laughs> so so you can put the work in and they'll just do something slightly different. That's all. Mm -hmm. I wasn't sure if this was actually going to be a sex ed, ed um, you know, episode today, but okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Um, so let's talk about Dean and Cass themselves for a bit then. Um, I guess a lot of the time, um, like pride in stories is such a great um, sort of topic, I guess, because in the show itself, they weren't like obviously we have a perception that the two characters are queer and that they have a relationship together obviously but in the show they were never allowed to really express that even though there was plenty of subtext to suggest that you know Dean was certainly you know attracted to guys at some time at some points and and obviously at the end we had Cass who actually you know had his confession and told Dean that he loved him so at least we got that <laughs> but um how important is it to you that there are these stories where dean and cass can be represented as queer in openly um rather than how they're represented in the show very important <laughs> yeah yeah i mean it's it's and i you don't you don't want me to go off on a rant about the finale because that's that's not what this is about but um I think even before that, it was it was it was a great, you know, it it was it was. Oh man, what's the word I'm looking for? It was comforting to me in a way that I could see this in the way they interacted in the show, and then I would talk to other supernatural fans who were not shippers, and they would they would not be able to see it, and I'm like, how do you not see it? And I think just, yeah. just getting into the Destiel portion of the fandom and, and seeing that there were other people who, who definitely saw it and that I was not imagining this. I wasn't projecting, I wasn't I wasn't making this up, that there were there were, you know, hundreds if not thousands of people out there who um, you know, also saw it and it wasn't all in my head. It was it was very uh, very validating. <laughs> yeah. I was just gonna say I think there's probably something to be said for the fact that there's a very high percentage of queer people within the Destiel fandom, and I think it may simply come down for to the fact that maybe some people can't see what they aren't familiar with. Maybe um, yeah. that they didn't necessarily see Destiel just because it was never on their radar at all um they just didn't think about it they're not maybe used to looking at things in that way whereas queer audiences have historically always had to rely on subtext um mm. which we could we could oh i could really go on for a long time <laughs> about the history <laughs> of queer cinema but i won't <laughs> um, but yeah like historically um we've always had to rely on on subtext and little nods here and there whether those were intended um, with good intentions or not really depends a lot on the time in history when that happened. But I think we're kind of almost coded to pick up on those things maybe after a while. <laughs> so mm. well trained. I yes. also I also mentioned this in a, in an Ask a Unicorn column just a couple weeks ago that um, in general because of the way we live, 
being queer, you you become very very good at reading subtle cues in people. You become very good at picking up on 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 signals that other people would overlook because it's it's a survival skill. It really is that you learn how to how to pick out your people when they can't come right out and say it. You know, no no pun intended coming out, but but they can't they can't necessarily approach you, and you have to be able to spot them without them being too obvious about it. And I think that's one of the reasons why we tend to see these things even in fictional characters that, you know, Dean comes off, it, sometimes it's true, he comes off very aggressively straight. But to someone who has who has lived that life themselves, you can see how much of an overcompensation that is and how much of, that's, how much of that is really an act and, and him consciously wanting to appear straight when because he knows he's not and subtext that in general we we are we are we are very very tuned into more subtle signals than that that yeah. that other people would overlook yeah i think there's a variety of views of dean's sexuality within the fandom mm -hmm. um i have definitely always ascribed to the idea that dean 100 percent knows <laughs> he's 100 percent aware of himself um and you know that the, to me the choices he makes only reinforce that um that he's very aware and he's making those choices to try and present something differently um i do i i have heard and i do kind of agree with i can get my head around the idea that dean is quite possibly bisexual and homoromantic i can i could get my head around that i can understand that um yeah other than that, I've heard lots of different interpretations of his sexuality, so I'm just curious what you two think, like how you would... It's not nice to, to label people without their consent, but as he's a fictional character, I think we can probably get away with it. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Kobe? I'll go after you. Um, so I, I've, I've written him a couple of different ways. I actually have another story where he was, where he labeled himself as gay, not bi. And I, I didn't really, the story was relatively short, so I didn't really go into all the reasoning behind that and how he came to that decision. But um, I think it, it was that he is, in my head at least, he is much more, how to put this? Um, he's really, he's really, the, the best example I can give is I see him as being very much like uh, like my husband he he identifies as himself as bi, but he will admit that he is a little bit more inclined towards men physically and completely inclined towards men romantically. And so I think that he, he even though from his experiences and his life he chose to identify as bi, another person with similar experiences might very well have have chosen to identify as gay and say you know okay on some level i like both but i really like my own gender more and especially when it comes to relationships i like my own gender more and and so i think that that can like like mal said you shouldn't you shouldn't uh shouldn't um presume to label people people choose their own labels but in the case of fictional characters you know Dean can't can't really uh, he, my my version of Dean can choose whatever labels I I I want him to choose and I have I have written stories where he he labeled himself as as gay because 
because he just felt m not necessarily completely averse to women, but more inclined towards men. Did that make sense? Yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense. And I think it's a really just generally good point to discuss in this kind of episode that, you know, people can label themselves however they choose to. And obviously those, those labels can evolve as well. Like I'm sure when Dean was younger, he probably thought that he was straight, maybe up to a certain point, <laughs> um, just because that was what was around him. And I mean, I feel like we all started off with that assumption at some point in our lives. <laughs> um, and then and especially especially if you're if you're bi i think a lot of people don't understand bi and and a lot of people don't even don't even really know that it that it exists and it can get pretty confusing if you're if you're growing up and you have these these feelings towards both genders but you you don't know that i think a lot of people they they think you know okay i like I like boys, so that that makes me gay. They don't know that there is there is another label that is an option for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Especially somebody in Dean's generation as well. I think people who, like teenagers and people in their early 20s now, have so much more exposure and options to think about than maybe even than I did when I was younger. Um, just because people are so much more online and it's so much easier to find information and to find other people that you can connect with and just talk to and be yourself with um whereas that was that was not the case for me when i was a kid i was surrounded by you know very strict orthodox church people and it was a very different very different scenario to where i am in life now um yeah so for dean's uh generation um i think it's i actually quite like stories where they represent the fact that it's probably not been that clear cut for him it's not just been like he didn't just wake up one day and go oh okay i'm gay now <laughs> nobody does that that's not how it works yeah um and, and that, that education is very important that that's i think a lot of what you see in dean is is uh is a, an object lesson in the fact that education about these things is important from from very early on that People talk about, you know, how you're, you're going to confuse the children. The fact is, those of us who really need the education, we're already confused. We've been confused mm -hmm. since, you know, since puberty, for many of us even earlier than that. And the not telling people about these about these things doesn't doesn't stop them from being confused. It just makes them feel like there's something wrong with them, you know, that that. It doesn't. It doesn't stop them. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't turn them straight. You're not going to turn them straight. You're not going to turn them cis just by telling them that's the only option. You know, you're just going to make them go through their life feeling like like a round peg trying to be squashed into a square hole. And the more you bang on it, the more wrong it feels. Yeah. Yeah. The duckling can be raised by a goose, but it's still going to be a duck. <laughs> that's, yes. that's the main thing. <laughs> It's going to be a very confused duck. <laughs> Speaking of raising, um, I was a lot of the stories uh, assume that it's John Winchester's fault that um, he they they paint him as being homophobic or whatever, or and or abusive of um, you know discovering Dean with a guy or whatever. Um, whereas I don't think anywhere in the show he actually says anything. To indicate that that might be the case but I mean it 
it's very it's a convenient way to sort of bring on that mm-hmm. um, the repression in Dean, you know. Yeah, I know I did that definitely. And uh, even last night on Earth, I had a very uh, specific incident yeah. described with uh, That's right. with John that was kind of the catalyst for Dean, you know, shoving himself all the way back in the closet until he met Cass. That this this thing that happened when he was a kid had had haunted him his whole life, and now he's he's you know thirty years old and he still can't get past it. Well, shall we um, st- shall we talk about last night on Earth then for a little bit, and then maybe we can go on <laughs> to talk about Pride later once we're in the other fix that involve parades and so on. Okay. Um, would you be willing to read us the summary, Toby? Sure. Hang on. Here we go. Uh, after their disastrous trip to the brothel, Dean takes a more direct approach to getting cast de-virginized and gets a lot more than he bargained for. With the world on the fast track to Armageddon, can Dean finally find the courage to reveal the secret he's kept for almost 20 years? Thank you. Um, so you published this last year. Um, it's 75,000 mm. words. Actually, I published it in 2019. I only uh, transferred it over. To, I copied it over to AO3 in 2020. <laughs> so that ah. the date on it is a little bit misleading. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's on fanfic.net as well is that right mm-hmm. yes oh, okay almost all um and it is it's got an explicit tag and also does have major character death and homophobia tags as well just um in case mm-hmm. people are you know wanting to avoid those things but it is obviously a temporary major character death um so um yeah. Well, not to give any spoilers, but not all the major character death is temporary. The majority of it is, one of them is not. It is. Now I'm <laughs> but it's not that I haven't made it all the way to the end, I'm a bit worried. Okay. <laughs> but it's not Dean or Cass. Dean and Cass both survive to the end of the story, and it does have a, does have a happy, if somewhat bittersweet ending. Okay. All right. <laughs> so, I mean, the idea behind this is that um, in, I would say, season five, so they're going through the first Armageddon. They're trying to stop um, Dean and Sam from saying yes to Michael and Lucifer um, and going through that whole season five stuff. But with uh, after the brothel um, last night on Earth deal, um, Dean and Cass actually hooked up and now they're having an actual relationship during the apocalypse, which is interesting. Uh-huh. <laughs> I've got to say, I love the way that you sort of wove bestial bits into each of the episodes through this. It's like a really episodic kind of a story. So oh, well done. Thank you. It was really good. That was, that was originally the plan was it was supposed to be, it was supposed to be a very different kind of story. It was supposed to be not have much plot of its own. It was really just supposed to be like inserting a Dean cast sex scene into each episode of season five. Yeah. <laughs> and then somewhere <laughs> along the way, in order to justify the sex scenes and to explain why they keep doing this, I ended up writing a novel about love and homophobia and all, all that all that stuff. And it just kind of, I still, to this day, I have no idea how that happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you've got this thread running through where um, Dean 
uh, he wants to keep keep it a secret from Sam. He doesn't want to sort of tell anybody about this. And we don't find out till mm-hmm. halfway through, basically, that it's uh, mild spoilers, but not really. Um, that he's, yeah, as you said earlier, he's made promise to, to John that he wouldn't tell anybody that that he was, you know, bi or whatever. Mm-hmm. Where And that creates a little bit of tension between him and Cass. So. Yeah. That's a very, very contentious point between them that uh, that Cass wants to make their relationship public. But he understands that Dean isn't ready, but at the same time, it's difficult for him. And they, they sort of have a bit of a push and pull there that Cass is trying his very hardest to be patient with Dean. But sometimes... He is. He isn't only human, but in that in that respect, he is very human. That he sometimes he sometimes slips up and and loses his patience. <laughs> yeah, that's one of the things I really liked about this story, actually, because there's a not a tendency, but I have seen it written um, a lot of the time where you have a closeted character that the the out character. Um, there is occasionally a tendency to demonize them for not being patient enough or not being understanding enough. And while some of that's valid, I think it was very interesting to remember that you have to see it from their side as well, that they mm-hmm. are somebody who is essentially being forced back into the closet, which they have put in the work to leave. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it's, I, I really liked that you didn't do that and that you did have Cass have these moments where he, he struggled with being patient with having to hide things that he personally had no wish to hide mm-hmm. well I've, I've personally been on both sides of that situation i've been the one who wasn't ready yet with with a partner who was you know slowly losing patience with the whole thing and i've been the one who was trying to have a relationship with someone who wasn't ready to come out yet and and i do understand that that it it is it is very, very stressful on both parties involved. That it's not easy for anyone. It is not. You cannot. You cannot say that one of them has it easier than the other. It's really very hard on both of them. And it, you, you need a very strong foundation for the relationship. You need to be. You need to both be one hundred percent in it, or it's not going to work. And that 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 pressure that it puts on the relationship not not everyone can withstand it and there's no there's no shame or guilt in that in saying you know that i can't do this no spoilers to say that yes in this story you cast do make it <laughs> so it's fine there's a happy ending they do. though like you said slightly slightly bittersweet ending but definitely a happy one um one of the other things i really liked about this story was the kind of evolution of Dean's attitude within it because at the very beginning of the story um, he very much kind of blame blame is a bad word but he very much tries to put all of the reasoning for being the way he is on this promise that he made to John Mm -hmm. Um, and and that's the that's the reason that he's giving that's why things are the way they are and it's not until kind of later in the story where he begins to maybe even kind of face for himself that that's not the whole reason why like that's not the only reason why he doesn't want to tell sam that he has his own issues to face he can't put it all on john um and as it and i really liked the evolution of that because it would have been really easy just to say that oh it's only because of john and this is why and as soon as i get over that we'll be just fine 
Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's never that simple, and I really liked that you represented that in there. And that even once he kind of once the... he acknowledges to himself that the promise is invalid, that he was basically you know bullied into it, and it doesn't, it's not a real promise that he is in any way obligated to keep. But he's still that even when he gets to that point, he realizes that's that's not that's not doesn't fix it. He's still he's still scared, and he can't he. Even even though logically he knows that he's allowed to tell Sam, he can't still still can't yet bring himself to do it. And yeah, he goes through a lot of a lot of iterations of various things. His reasoning for not coming out and his labeling of himself: is he bi? Is he gay? Is he you know? He goes through a lot of a lot of confusion and thinking he has re- he has he has found the answer only to realize that that answer was not 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 necessarily not true but it was it was too simple and there was really more to it than that. Yeah, and definitely uh, kudos to Cass for at no point ever basically yeah. saying I told you so about any of that. <laughs> like he just goes along at Dean's speed. <laughs> And lets Dean come to these realizations himself. Although I think the, the implication is quite clear that Cass is just like, yes, I know. Come on, Dean. Yeah, there's even a line in there somewhere where he, Dean thinks to himself, like, you know, Chuck bless Cass for never saying I told you so. <laughs> <laughs> I also love how much Sam was, um, you know, he didn't say anything about any of this stuff mm-hmm. either, even though he was sort of needing brain bleach on several occasions so like uh, he knew what was going on in, in the room upstairs or whatever but he never actually <laughs> says anything I've had several <laughs> people tell me that, that they loved the combination of Sam being you know a little bit oblivious but also like he has known this entire time and even before he knew that he knew he knew <laughs> and poor Sam puts up with a lot of stuff a lot of shit in this story. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we still need to do that really Shipper does. Sam episode, don't we? Yes. <laughs> I really I really liked Sam in this though because you can see that obviously he really does just want Dean to be open and, and happy and he's a hundred percent kind of shipper Sam in that aspect. But Sam actually has quite a lot I don't think it's a spoiler, Sam actually has quite a lot of guilt about it in this story. About you know, thinking that maybe he should have noticed, or maybe he's said things in the past that mm-hmm. is uh, helping Dean feel unsafe now. Yeah. Um, and I think that's interesting because we don't very often examine Sam from that point of view. That you know, we either have him being completely shipper Sam or completely oblivious Sam. And I'm like, okay, but what happens when he crosses over from one to the other, and then has to like look back at his life and the things he's said or done that might have been misinterpreted by Dean? Mm-hmm. Yes, and he also in the beginning he really doesn't know, and I'm not sure if this is a spoiler, but he comes to entirely the wrong conclusion at first, and the really bad conclusion. <laughs> he sees all these signals, and he he completely misinterprets it, and he thinks there's something really bad going on here, and he does almost unintentionally give the impression that he wouldn't he wouldn't approve because. If it was what he thought it was, then he wouldn't approve, and he would be completely right to not approve. But the fact is that it wasn't. Yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. trying to be as vague as possible here, but um, but he <laughs> he does sort of feel guilty about that after after he realizes what the what is actually going on, 
he does feel guilty for 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 suspecting Cass of of manipulating or mistreating Dean. Thank Chuck for Bobby. <laughs> yes, <laughs> Bobby. Bobby saves yes. the story. <laughs> does Bobby is brilliant in this? He's definitely you know as as he is in the show. That was one of my of a, favorite a, a scenes to write, where he just <laughs> he just looks at, at Sam and goes, "You are such an idiot." Sometimes <laughs> you seriously don't know what's going on here. <laughs> The other thing that I loved about this story is um, that Dean can see Cass's wings and their, mm-hmm. you know, the bond that they have through, you know, the Grace kind of bond. And um, I thought that re- gave a really lovely aspect to their relationship mm-hmm. that he could see the wings all the time. And, you know, I'm going to have to go back and watch like season five again just so I can, like, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> see how you wove all this into each episode. <laughs> That was the origin point of the story, actually. The wings was the original idea for the story was that the the, the connection between the scar on Dean's shoulder and Casa's grace, and the idea that if they did start having sex, then the intimacy would sort of flip a switch and 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 strengthen the connection. And what yeah. would be the consequences of that? Well, I was delighted. I I didn't when I started reading. I I didn't look at the tags. <laughs> as I often don't stupidly sometimes. <laughs> um, but in this case, I was delighted because I didn't see the winking tag. And so I started reading. I was like, ooh. Yes, Dean, <laughs> Dean has, a, has a real thing for Cass's wings in this story. <laughs> yes. Very excited. Oh, come on. Who wouldn't? And Cass is like, no one. There's, there's even a moment where he's like, no one ever touched my wings before, and Dean has, has like this brain grinding to a halt, buzzing sound yeah. coming out of his mouth moment where like, oh my god, that's so hot. I'm <laughs> 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 the only person. <laughs> and poor Cat is like completely overwhelmed by it because he's, he had no idea his wings could feel that way. <laughs> we love a wing kink. Okay, so the next fic that we're going to talk about is Pride by Trisha16. Um, this is a shorter fic, it's just over 18,000 words, um, and it was published uh, last year, at the beginning of 2020. Um, and the summary goes like this. Married life for Castiel and Dean is pretty much exactly what they hoped it would be. Ordinary, but filled with love, laughter, and plenty of orgasms. When ignorance rears its ugly head in a cruel and unexpected way, their simple lives are suddenly not so simple anymore. It's a rude awakening that shakes them both to the core, but what doesn't kill them makes them stronger, and thanks to the kindness of strangers, enriches their lives and their relationship in more ways than one. So obvious from the summary, this is an established relationship story, which is nice to see represented. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and it's also a, a story that obviously has some kind of homophobic behavior represented in it, and how they deal with that and grow from it which, you know, it's not always the most pleasant thing to read about that kind of thing, but I, I really love the way that it was done in this one um, to start with. And I, I also think that it's important. Like, with it, often with fanfic, we have, like, a happy ever after where they kind of ride off into the sunset. Um, but, you know, the, the sunset isn't always perfect, especially not for queer people. <laughs> so Like, we always knew that Dean, would cast, Dean and Cass would be like this when they have a relationship, but they're so loving and kind of they've been together for a while but they're still 
obviously in love, you know, they have, you know, mind-blowing sex <laughs> just because they um, happen to hang up a rainbow flag in the front of their house. <laughs> you know, it's like, I don't know. Trisha writes some great, some great sex. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> She's very, yep, she does. very good at that. Um, and, and the rest of the story, too. I, I really love what I love about her stories is the, the combination of really, really hot smut and also really good plot. Like, she can do both equally well, and that, and it never feels like it's yeah. more balanced towards one or the other. It, it really is It really is a perfect balance of the two. And I also, in this one, really loved that there was some, there was some discussion of the less, uh, less romantic parts of sex, <laughs> shall we say? Yeah. Uh, I love that. At that, that yeah. moment, the cast is like, um, no, not right now. <laughs> And he was, he's like so embarrassed to explain, but Dean Dean understands without him having to say it. It's like okay, I got you. And I, I really thought that was it was a very nice counterpoint to the to the realism of the established relationship that this was this was something that they were they were you know he Cass didn't even need to say it. They had been together long enough that he knows what Cass means when he says not right now. <laughs> I love depictions of realistic sex mm. in fic. Like, I, I'm one of those people. Like, I guess I'm not particularly bothered by reading anything. So I'm just like, yeah, give me all the details, make it realistic. I'm perfectly fine with that. And I think it. I don't know. Sometimes I feel like it's important to represent that kind of stuff because while fanfic is not and should never be sex education, like we have to accept the fact that actually. For a lot of people, this is going to be possibly their first exposure to a lot of things. Mm -hmm. And having it be that little bit more accurate and realistic that not everything is slippery and wonderful and smells of roses is <laughs> just, I don't know, I, I, I really like that when I read it in fix. And if someone can take it as well and add a little humor to it, because, I mean... Sex is hilarious. It is. I'm sorry. <laughs> Sex is just like humans are weird and awkward and <laughs> and I, I like representing that as well. There was this. I just came across. It wasn't from Supernatural, but it's from a, a different show, Nine One One Lone Star, which has a has a canon gay couple in it. And they recently released a little clip of a blooper reel from one from filming one of the sex scenes. And there's this moment, and I I so want to put it into a fic. There's this moment where he let the one guy shoves the other back onto the bed, but he overbalances because the mattress bounced under him, and he like rolls off the side of the bed. <laughs> I really, I wish it wouldn't, have, it wouldn't have fit the vibe of the scene, but I really wish they had left that part in because I've had that actually happen in real life. That is a risk with bouncy mattresses and and everybody a little overexcited. It is falling off the bed is an actual concern, and I really wish they had showed that in the sex scene. I think that would have been such a great moment. <laughs> yes, I appreciated the getting clean thing because you know dried crusty jizz on your pubes is not anyone's idea of fun in the morning. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, I've definitely read fic before where it shows them like falling asleep straight after and in the back of my head I'm just like, oh, you're going to regret yeah. that in the morning. <laughs> <It's> 
Like, yeah, that's just kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, and the, was it was it Dean who cleaned them both up? One of them falls asleep, and the other one is like a saint who goes and gets a washcloth. Yeah, Cass fell asleep. Yeah, he fell asleep <laughs> yeah. immediately, and then Dean cleaned him up, and he was like, "Thank you." <laughs> yeah, I actually I love the representation of the partner that falls asleep immediately after sex because that's me <laughs> it's like, like all right done now good night yeah but at the so. same time if someone puts like a wet cloth on me i'm gonna wake up again like <laughs> even if i'm really soft out if someone puts something wet on me then i'm like well what the hell <laughs> no i'm the other one though mal i'm the one who's like wide awake and and he's fast asleep and snoring and i'm like oh my god I'm responsible for cleaning up this mess. <laughs> so you're the dean. Okay. Yes, I'm, well, no, in most things I'm the cast, but for some reason in that one, I'm the I'm the dean for some reason. Yeah, I was gonna say in most things in most things I'm dean, but <laughs> this one. Moving away from the <laughs> just sexy stuff. Um, I loved how after they do have the um, you know the I guess homophobic I don't know they they refer to it as possibly being a hate crime in this but who knows no there, no no culprit is actually revealed That's kind of open-ended exactly but what happened it, um I liked that the the community came together to help them out with it I thought that was really cool it was like a nod mm -hmm. to the kind of found family thing in the actual show where we have Donna and like catches there and like you know the na the people in the neighborhood came to help them clean up i believe you and, um, said in the in the notes that it was based on a true story was uh she, there was a link to a to a news article about a, a couple who had this happen and and the, the the neighborhood did the same thing that they do in the in in oh. this uh in this story where they all they all hung up flags so that no one could tell which one was the house of the gay couple oh that's cool <laughs> That's a lovely bit of solidarity. Yeah, that is nice. Oh, I forgot to mention it earlier. This is one of the ones that, um, so an AO3 uh, author called Nerdy Nerdenstein has been doing some pod fix this month of different pride themed um, fix. So this is um, yes. Dusty L. Cannon is her Twitter handle, Nerdy Nerdenstein. So she's got a bunch of... Um, of really awesome pod fix that she's recorded of a few different stories for Pride. So we'll put a link to some of those um, in the notes as well. So if you prefer to listen to your stories instead of reading them, then go and check them out. She's done a great yeah. job. She did, one of, she did one of mine and I got kind of emotional listening to it. It was very strange. Oh. <laughs> it's very strange hearing someone else read out your words in a good way, like nothing negative there. It's just very strange when you hear someone else read them out loud so well we'll talk Do about you your story in a little while <laughs> no yes we will <laughs> we have plenty of other stories to talk about <laughs> um yeah back on to trisha's thick um i really enjoyed this story um for me it's i i've been on both sides of this story in my life <laughs> so i've been where Cass and dean are in this story and i've also been on the side of the concerned friend slash community who wanted to help afterwards and one thing that I really liked is Cass's whole thought process in the middle of this fic um, I don't think it's really potentially 
a spoiler i think it's, it's quite a straightforward fic there's no like sudden twist i'm gonna spoil <laughs> necessarily um, um but he when this is happening one of the things he immediately stops to think about is that he has almost a little bit of a panic about how this is going to affect dean um because while we don't get the entirety of their backstory or anything like that in this fic it is kind of explained and, and alluded to that um, obviously Dean is the person who struggled more with coming out that perhaps he was I think closeted when they met maybe I think that's inferred at some point um, and obviously now they're both together and, and very open and, and happy um, but whether this experience for Dean is going to be you know quite especially traumatic in that way and it was nice that we got to see Cass immediately reflecting on that, saying that, that, that's what a good partner would do, I think, <laughs> if, you, if you're in that situation you're in, that had been your history with your partner, I think you would immediately be concerned about how something like that would affect them. There's a little bit, like, he, he's, 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 he goes very, uh, very, uh, he's, he's less concerned about, about his own safety than he is about, oh my god, somebody upset Dean, this cannot, this cannot stand, you know? Yeah. <laughs> he goes, he goes And that's such a canon angel. trait for Cass, though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very canon for Cass. Getting him to care about his own well-being yeah. when, when there's a Dean involved is <laughs> difficult. Yeah. Let's go on um, to the actual parade one. Um, so Purple Horse in a Coffee Shop is by Al Massey. It was published in 2017. It's only 8,000, 8,500 words. Um, and it is rated G. So the summary goes like this. Nobody expects to see a purple horse at a pride parade. So naturally, Dean Winchester is surprised to meet his office co-worker and long-term crush, Castiel, riding atop a magnificent steed and dressed in full wizard regalia, no less. Somehow, Cass thinks he and his decked-out horse are wearing grey, they visit a coffee shop with their friends and family, trying to get to the bottom of this mix-up, and apparently the purple horse is coming too. One medium black coffee with two sugars, one macchiato, three small soy lattes, one large decaf with a caramel shot, and ten apples, please. <laughs> yes, they do actually take the horse into the coffee shop, which is completely hilarious. I would... I would never expect to see a purple horse, period. But if I was going to see a purple horse, then arguably a pride parade is the place I would expect to see it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, I loved that this parade itself was a rainbow. Like, they started with people wearing red and then they went to the orange people and, you know, they worked their way back until Dean was yeah, wearing was purple. Organized. And, yeah, yeah, extremely organised <laughs> for a parade. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it turned out that Cass thought he was wearing grey, but in actual fact, I believe it's turned out blind. to be a, a joke <laughs> played on him by Gabriel. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think we've just, just spoiled the entire fic, so I'm sorry. <laughs> I think it's hard not to spoil an eight an eight thousand word fic because <laughs> no, that's true. <laughs> like, yeah, so yeah, so I think in this one, it's um. I like the idea that some people use for like I, I don't I haven't actually used this in one of my fix at all but I like when Cass is um is ace in this case like mm. as a I feel like as a as an angel and genderless kind of you know 
um, and he has no real orientation or whatever. I like I like the representation of him as Ace. I don't know. I don't always like to read that because sometimes I'm like, oh, but he just really loves Dean, and <laughs> I don't know. I know that Ace people can have sexual attraction, and they do, but um, I don't know. It just kind of fits him to me sometimes. Yeah, I one one of the things I like about Cass in general is just that there are so many parts of him that different people could connect with or identify with. Um, actually, one of the things I really like that they did in the show is that they didn't go out of their way to invalidate any of those. Yeah, <laughs> I, I like the fact that people can still see themselves in in Cass almost. I would say no matter what they identify as, that they can probably see parts of themselves in Cass, which is cool. What I really loved about this particular one was that there's no, I mean, it works because it's a shorter fic. If it was going to be, you know, multiple chapters, then you would eventually have to discuss this. But in this one, there's no discussion of exactly what arrangement he and Dean come to regarding sex. It's By the end of the story, they're together and they're dating, but there's no discussion of do they have sex, do they not have sex, and like as as Ellen said, you know, Ace doesn't necessarily mean you never have sex or never want sex. And yeah, I really thought like as someone who's on the on the asexual spectrum, but in a way that is often very complicated to explain to people, because the first question you get is like, you do have sex, so how are you Ace? So, you know, I I really found that that was that was a good way to go. Whether the author did it intentionally or not, I really loved that because. It sort of turned Cass into this all-inclusive ace representation that no matter where you fall on the spectrum and no matter what your personal feelings about sex, you can still identify with him in this story because it's never specified exactly what kind of ace he is. Yeah. Yeah, that's a really nice way to phrase it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's obviously still attracted to Dean in some way. Like, he's romantically attracted to Dean but yeah they never sort of reveal whether he wants to go any further with that or if they're just going to be you know friends I guess they want to go on a date so it's a <laughs> good step they yeah. go, they go <laughs> visit the horse I believe <laughs> that's like one of their <laughs> they right. go visit the horse <laughs> oh that's right that's at the end and they they go laughing they go to moon door and stuff mm-hmm uh, I, lo- I love it when Moondor crops up in things. <laughs> Me too. So, what a gift that was to us <laughs> from the writers. Right? <laughs> no. I am quite fond of the um, kind of demisexual cast headcanon yep. in general. Mm-hmm. That's just something that my reading of the show tends to agree with. Um, so I do like seeing a bit of asexual Cass representation in fic. I also really like it when there is a gender representation of Cass in fic because that's something that as far as I'm concerned is completely canon and is ignored sometimes. I I won't say ignored, it's just just that people choose not to explore it in fic necessarily because the vessel that he's in, in, maybe it's not quite so relevant to their story. But I do like it when that's explored a little bit. So, yeah. There's also some really cute art in this story. Almasi is a an, an artist as well as an author, and uh, I love the purple horse. <laughs> so cool! Yes, <laughs> it's cute. It's got like Dean's gigantic flag in it as well, like a long flag. Yeah. And then right at the uh, end of the story, as I said, the, no no spoilers really when you're talking about an eight thousand word story, but 
um, <laughs> the little sign from the coffee shop that they represented at the bottom <laughs> just says, we no longer serve horses or wizards. <laughs> Apologies for the inconvenience. <laughs> Yeah, that poor um, person at the the serving them at the cafe. Just <laughs> 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 humongous horse walking. Yeah, um, I used to work at um, a Starbucks franchise during college, and when I was reading this, I was just thinking to myself, "What would I have done? <laughs> <laughs> like, what would have been my reaction if someone had just just strolled a horse in through the door?" <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, it probably would have been the same thing. Just frantically call my manager and be like, look, <laughs> there's a horse. What do I do? <laughs> that's what that's what the person did. <laughs> yeah, so I, I relate like, to them. Oh. <laughs> then all the other customers end up end up leaving. And, and, you know, Dean and Sam and Cass and Gabe and Charlie and their little family and the horse, they're all so busy, like, doing their own thing, talking to each other, <laughs> that they don't even notice that they've just cleared out the entire coffee shop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, it's completely adorable. I, I had a big grin on my face when I was reading this whole thing. It was very mm-hmm. cute. Definitely one that everyone should take five minutes to go and read, I think, because it, you know, it's, it's short enough that you can just take a little break in your day and read this one. But it's just such a charming fic. Like, I think everyone should read it. Yes. Mm. Al Massey's really good at writing fics like that, too. They're really good at writing these like really super sweet fics that have like a, you know, whimsical kind of feeling to them. Like a lot of their fics are like that. I really like that. They also they also do a lot of uh, a lot of, of um like, less less well less well represented sexualities and genders. They I love their ABO stuff because they go into a lot of things that other ABO stories really don't explore. Like they have one where. Dean is a beta, but he has like this gender dysphoria because he feels like he ought to be he ought to be alpha, and through his relationship with Cass, he gets to he gets to explore a little bit more of what he what what he feels his real gender is. Mm-hmm. And I thought, I I think they they do a really good job of um, really really not commonly seen um, representations of of sexuality and gender in their stories. Yeah, I think that um, Omegaverse is like a really good place to play with all that kind of stuff, just because you can have such kind of obvious physical representations of certain things that it, it it's kind of a really fertile ground for playing with all that kind of stuff. So I'm, I'm one of those people that never used to read um, ABO at all. And then I started off just reading, you know, the more unusual ones, the ones that maybe pushed back a little bit on the typical expectations mm-hmm. yeah. um, and now I've, I've found there are quite a few out there that I like um, but there are obviously just like with everything some that I do tend to avoid um, I don't have a lot of kind of little squicks or things that I won't tend to read um, but I really do lean away from reading anything with um, feminization of gay men in it yes yeah. that's another um, and <laughs> But um, <laughs> try to kind of lean away from reading that if I can. Um, I'm sure there are valid ways that that could be explored, but it's not something that I particularly want to read. So generally, for a long time, I avoided ABO because of that, because I did find that that could be quite common. But there is this kind of big wave of people writing ABO now, and a lot of them are people who themselves are in some way 
non-binary or agender, they identify somewhat differently. And I really think it, it gives them such a great basis to write these stories off of. And they come out with such really interesting, fantastic things. You know, like I've read um, alpha alpha pairings, and I've read um, omega transdeen stories, mm -hmm. and all kinds of things. Like really, uh, such a good playground for all kinds of things. Mm -hmm. So, yes, the, that is a tangent on how I was converted <laughs> to reading <laughs> books. <laughs> And people bring bring pride into the ABO universe too. I mean, there there are a lot of stories I've read that have like I can't remember any specific titles now, but um, there are stories I've read where I think it was it was was the Almasi one, the the one where where Dean was a beta. It's called um, oddly odd odd shapes, oddly shaped something, um, and there was a whole thing where. Oh, is that? That's, hang on. That's takes him to that might be, Yeah, that might be a Jamariel one. Oddly shaped. Oh, you yeah, know, it's not Omasi. It is. It's Jamariel. I'm sorry, um, but there's a whole thing where where Cat takes Dean to a to a to a support group of of people who are who are betas or are in a relationship with a beta, and and there's a whole thing about beta pride that in this in this universe, beta is considered like a, a queer identity because it's not it's not you know, properly acknowledged and, and supported by society and it has kind of been marginalized and so there has become this like beta pride movement <laughs> of of people who are saying, you know, no, this is this is a real gender. This is not this is not um, just there's nothing there's nothing wrong with being beta. There's this is not a this is not a birth defect. This is this is an identity. Yeah. No, we will get that one linked in the blog post and so it's really good story. I think I read that one as it was posting, maybe. Feels like it was a couple of years ago now, but then what is time? I don't know if that's true <laughs> or not. No, I think no it, it was. was. 2018. Okay. <laughs> but yes, we love Jim around these parts, so I will get that linked in the blog post. Okay. I actually have another sort of pride-related story, which I just recently read. Yep which I would like to share with the group. <laughs> so this story was very recently posted. So it's June 16th, <laughs> this fic was posted. Um, it's called With Every Word You Write by Knox Solnit. Um, and it's a 15, nearly 16,000 word um, soulmate AU. Um, it's one of those ones where, you know, they have words on their skin or they write something on their skin. And in this universe, what they write will appear on their soulmate's skin. But they are not allowed to share any um, kind of identifying information. Like you can't just share your name or where you live or directions to your house or <laughs> anything like that. Um, oh, well, that's not very convenient, only... is it? <laughs> yeah, you have to run into each other naturally. And then once you have touched skin to skin, then um, it... That, that restriction goes away and you can write whatever you want at that point. Right, okay. um, but what was interesting is that there is a theme of pride parades throughout this fic. Um, so obviously Cass and Dean, um, once it's, it's Dean's birthday and these words first appear um, on his arm, because Cass is a couple of years older than him, so he's kind of been like writing on his arm daily, waiting for his soulmate to write back. Um, and they both discover that they are going to pride parades, which obviously gives them kind of a, a bit of an inkling as to at least the 
possible gender of their soulmate and things like that. Um, and they end up going to different pride parades year on year and matching costumes so that they can try and spot each other in the crowd. Oh. Because they can discuss what they're wearing and stuff like that, but obviously they can't say what city they're in or anything like that. So it's just kind of them going through their life. And the fix spans quite a few quite a few years actually. Um, of them dressing up in, in different matching costumes with all of their friends and just going to parades and hoping that they might see somebody who's dressed like them. And, uh, it's it's a really cute story and I really enjoyed it. And I won't I won't spoil how it ends, but yes, it does have a happy ending. Oh, that sounds sweet. <laughs> so I really like that one. Yeah, it's also just just fun. I mean there was a lot of just looking at the the fun aspects of Pride because I think Obviously, we, we talk about Pride, and Pride has a very almost heavy history involved where we have a lot of people that, to thank for the fact that we even have Pride. Um, you know, big shout out to black trans women and all kinds of, <laughs> all kinds of things for why we even have this now. Um, but this was a really good look at just the Pride environment and how fun it could be to just be free and be yourself. And I really enjoyed that. So for a, a lighter fun pride fic definitely go and give that one a try mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well while we're um, recommending other stories um i'm gonna i'm totally gonna talk about yours now oh no 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 <laughs> so um do so it. Mel's fic is called, do this to me <laughs> i'm gonna talk about it in your own time oh. um it's only a shorty it's less than three thousand words um, but it's got the Team Free Will going to a Pride March after a hunt. And um, Dean is a bit wary because he thinks the others know that, you know, that he's bi. But he hasn't told them yet. It hasn't come out. But they're willing to wait until he's ready. So they, you know, buy some flags and wave them. And <laughs> um, it's just really beautiful um, you know acceptance I guess um, and that's it's a really sweet and it also has some lovely art in it by our dear Liz Lee um, as well that goes with it and also it's the one that was turned into a podfic as well so you can also listen to it um, by Nerdy Nerdenstein as well so I haven't read that got... one yet I have to, to bookmark that one for later oh you should it's it's a really um, it's like a big warm hug <laughs> in a pride parade <laughs> that sounds lovely and I've, I've never I've never thing. disliked any of Mel's stories so I'm always happy to read another another one <laughs> okay unless you want me to complete this recording on the floor under my desk okay, let's move on <laughs> okay we should have pity before she ends up in a fetal position <laughs> Kobe did you have did you have any others that you wanted to mention there was one more. Um, I want to mention one more of Kobe's fix, actually, oh. if we can yeah. turn the tables for a second. <laughs> I, suppose um, I, I wanted to. <laughs> I wanted to talk about domestic bliss oh, yes. quickly. Um, yeah, it's again, it's a shorter story, uh, just over four thousand words, mm -hmm. um, and it's about an established, um, happily married Dean and Cass. They have a six-month-old baby. Dean just started a new job. Um, 
And this story is basically prompted by the idea that Cass notices that Dean isn't wearing his wedding ring. And the kind of initial little panic about that, and then a very thoughtful exploration of why that might be. Not a story about um, infidelity. So... There is no cheating involved. I, I put that right in the summary because no, I didn't want anyone all. being scared off by something that isn't actually an issue with the story. <laughs> mm -hmm. No, not that at all. <laughs> so, But that one was... Uh... But I think that this... Um... Go ahead. <laughs> Continue. It's it's your story. You should. That one, that one should was actually also inspired by a true story told me told to me by a friend that uh, they they started in a new job and were having having some trouble with with finding the courage to to they they were already out but they were not comfortable. They weren't sure what the reaction was going to be in this new place, and it's it's something that I think that. A lot of people, people who aren't queer, don't don't really understand, or they, they maybe they do understand, but they don't they don't understand it in the same way that someone who's been through it. That there's this culture of thinking of the coming out as this one big moment, and it's it's really not. It's a, it's a thing you have to do your whole life every time you meet someone new, every time you move to a new place, every time you start a new job, every time you make a new friend, you have to take that leap all over again. And it's something that I, I don't think people think about enough. Mm -hmm. So I very much liked this story as an exploration of that. Because we do, you know, most stories are about that initial coming out. That, you know, that moment that often with Pride Fix, we've got a big proud moment. And there's rainbows in the sky and confetti and it's wonderful. And then they go back to day-to-day -day life. And they're going to have to do that again every day for the rest of their life. Like every time they step out of the door, they are making that choice. Mm -hmm. And it was really nice to see that represented. Because um, it's not really a step out of the closet, and it is it? It's like a, a shuffle out, and then sometimes you duck back in, and sometimes you're in other situations where, you know, it's safer to be back inside. So you'll run back inside, and then yeah. <laughs> like you're never fully in or fully out at any point in your life, I don't think. Right, but also Cass in that story makes a very, very important point that they have a kid now, and so mm -hmm. as much as as much as he wants to respect Dean's feelings and let him do it in his own time, he's worried about unintentionally because kids don't just hear what you say; they see what you do too, and they they mm -hmm. get a lot more messages than you realize they're getting from just from from watching the way you live your life and. Cass is concerned about unintentionally communicating some sort of shame or, or guilt to, to their daughter that, that she's going to grow up thinking that they're, that Dean is not proud of who he is. And so as much as, as much as Cass is being patient and saying, you know, do this in your own time. And, and, but at the same time, he's saying we, we have, we have a responsibility to, to, to our children to make sure that they're getting good messages here. And that it, it, as much as as much as coming out is a very personal thing, in this one case, it isn't purely about Dean. It is also about about their daughter, and the environment she's going to grow up in. Mm. I'm gonna have to read that one. <laughs> <laughs> I'll add it to my ever extending list. Yeah, no, that's a great story. I, I, I really enjoyed it. So, 
you know, it does have that heavy topic, but it's not, you know, kind of heavy on the angst or anything necessarily. It's it's a very thoughtful story, I would say. So uh, I have one to recommend too. One one that yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you posted in the in the chat a few days ago. Um, Castiel is having none of your heterosexism today, thanks. By Book Baby, I think that's how you pronounce it. Um, mm-hmm. It's a canon verse fic, actually. Um, it's set during during Pride Month, and they're just on a hunt, and they happen to wander into a diner that has like Pride themed menu and rainbow flags on the wall, and it leads to a conversation with Cass. And the thing about it is that it's written from Dean's point of view, which was a very important choice on the author's part, because if you weren't inside Dean's head for the first part of this conversation, he comes across like such a homophobic asshole. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It's a really bad thing. (laughs) That taken out of context to make him sound like a terrible, terrible person. But what's really happening here is that he's sort of bathing Cass and trying to see how he's going to respond. And from that, Dean's going to judge, you know, how safe it is to tell Cass certain things. Mm -hmm. And that really is a thing that people do, although it's not necessarily the best way to handle that situation. um, To each their own. Yeah. And possibly possibly phrasing yourself a little better than Dean does. I would not recommend going into a gay bar and saying these things loudly. (laughs) Just, you know, (laughs) no, that's, that's not, that's not a good thing. But Dean, Dean, Dean handles it the way he handles it. Dean doesn't always make the best decisions, but he, he gets through it in, in, without, without, uh, he, he manages to extract his foot from his mouth by the end of the story. (laughs) He also has a, bit of one of those big gay freak out type things that um that is often quite funny when it's in Dean's head and you sort of <laughs> he sort of freezes and goes so what is going on here yes uh, the, this story is like less than 2,000 words but I think I yelled at Dean like at least seven times because <laughs> when this conversation gets to a certain point you're like, oh my god, Dean, how, how are you not putting two and two together? You're the guy! <laughs> <laughs> it's you! Oh no! Cass, has yeah. a, Cass is in love with someone else! Oh no, he's not! <laughs> he's in love with you! You're the guy! How are you not getting it? And poor Sam is sitting there like... <laughs> trying like steer the conversation less and less subtly in the right direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yep. I love situations and, and moments in fic where Sam is just sitting there and it's the classic like right in front of my salad kind of moment where he's just there like I wish I was anywhere else right now. Yeah. <laughs> but I also love it when I also love it when he it, it changes that little bit and he's like, Okay, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and help subtly <laughs> And then he gets less and less subtle. The more, the more frustrated he gets less Yeah, subtle. less and less subtle. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Right in front of my salad. And at the beginning, poor Sam is like, "Oh my God, you're going, you're going to get us beaten up, Dean. Why, are, why, why are, can you at least keep your voice down if you must say these things?" <laughs> poor Sam. He goes through a lot sometimes. In less than two thousand words, he goes through it through a serious emotional roller coaster in his story. <laughs> He's going there. <laughs> um. Well, we've got a few, there's a few more fix that I've got on the list here that I'll put in the post that are like, um, 
topics that involve either coming out or, um, you know, his in like Dean's internal kind of uh, freaking out, I guess. Ones like Dean Winchester beat sheet by Salty Feathers, which is basically like 140,000 words of him freaking out <laughs> because he's um, <laughs> um, sure that he's straight until Cass comes along to. I think it's a high school or is it a college thing? I have it's been a while since I've read that one, but um yeah, Cass arrives as a new a new student at the school or the college, I can't remember which one. And um suddenly Dean's like, Oh my god, what's happening here? <laughs> and then it goes on from there. And I remember loving that story. I have to read it again. But so and there's there's a bunch of other ones. So if you're um after a story where, you know, it's involving Dean sort of coming to terms with being bisexual um, or gay in some of the cases, I think in at least one of these books he's actually gay, um, then, yeah, I'll add them to the post and have a look. Well, that's, I said before at the beginning, I said about how I don't like the whole real sex thing, air quotes, um, Except the exception is when Dean is like in deep, deep denial. I can definitely see him saying, you know, it wasn't sex because there was no penetration. You know, it was just, yeah, you know, just two dude bros ex- exchanging sexual favors, but it's not really sex. <laughs> yeah, as as they do, as they do. <laughs> Everybody does these things with their friends, right? For <laughs> sure. <laughs> um. Interesting. I love getting into Dean's head in, mm-hmm. in that way. Uh, is there anything you want to say about Pride, though, in general? I don't know. Because I feel like Pride means different things to different people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, My most recent uh, Ask a Unicorn column, like two weeks ago, was um, specifically someone who is um, not queer asking about being an ally and, and things things to and and specifically about um, education, which you know talking about um, how you really can't can't put the burden on us to to educate people that it's really not not our responsibility to constantly be explaining things to people mm-hmm. and and I find that a lot in 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 writing my fix I feel like I'm. I sometimes have to take a step back and say it doesn't matter if the reader, if a straight reader misunderstands something I said. I, I found that a lot when I was writing Last Night on Earth because Dean Dean has so much, so many tangled things going on in his head. And I was really worried about the way some of it was going to come across as, you know, was it going to come off as, as, as by erasure for him, for him to say, I think maybe I'm gay? Was it going to come off as... as as you know, homophobic for him to say something. I forget exactly what, but um, but then I had really had to had to had a gave it to to my husband to read, and he said, you know, just take a step back and do whatever makes sense for the character. And if they don't understand it, they don't understand it. But that's that's really not your responsibility to to make sure that everything you don't you don't have to dumb it down for for people who are yeah. completely ignorant of anything to do with queerness. You, you you write your story. You don't you don't have to worry about about how they're going to perceive it. Yeah, I think there's a, a 
tendency among some, I will very carefully say some, straight people, because most allies I know are wonderful and fantastic and <laughs> think about things you know, very, very carefully and, and very well, but uh, sometimes people can view things as very black or white, and as you say very often in your Ask Unicorn column, so many things to do with not just <laughs> sex, but queer it culture depends. in general is, it depends. <laughs> There's not this magical right or wrong answer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and, and we had to we had to get it depends into the podcast somewhere. <laughs> Always <laughs> depends. I, I need it on a t-shirt. The answer is never yes or no. The answer is always it depends. Especially when it comes to sex and sexuality and and all that stuff. The answer is there is never one answer for everybody. Yeah. It depends is a great way to put it. I like it. It's okay. I think we've talked about a lot of different types of fic today in terms of ones that cover queer issues, ones that cover coming out, ones that cover pride itself. But I guess the the main thing that should always come from any discussion about pride is just reminding people that it's not just June. <laughs> like you need to, you know, we have this, this month and that is fantastic. Um, and if you want to support people during june that's amazing but make sure you're doing it the rest of the year as well <laughs> yeah and support um so. like you know actual queer people who are selling stuff rather than just the corporations who are doing their bit yeah. in june <laughs> <sighs> yes queer people over queer capitalism yeah. yes. yes and always remembering that, that yeah. while while june is like is like the time for the big visibility and and making making sure that people remember we're here i think a lot of a lot of straight people forget we exist the whole year you know like and yeah. and not only do we exist but while you may not have to think about it except in june it is something that is that is a constant part of our lives every day june is just the time when you know we really are 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 coming forward to talk about it because talking about it constantly is is exhausting we just want to be left alone to live our lives for the most part but but that remembering yeah. that June is not the only the only month that we exist in. <laughs> yes, we we don't just disappear into a rainbow cocoon <laughs> the rest of the year. Oh, that's so burst out as rainbow really butterflies in June. Such a nice visual, though. <laughs> if only sometimes sometimes I do wish I could live in the nice little rainbow cocoon. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, I was gonna say as. As Destiel readers, I feel like um, it's sort of front of mind for a, a lot of a lot of the time, anyway. So um, you know, a lot of the straight allies are going to be thinking about it a lot of the time too, <laughs> in our fandom, anyway. Yeah, our fandom is is for the most part a generally very accepting place. I find mm-hmm. um, there are going to be outliers in every community, but generally. I feel like the the Destiel fandom is a very positive place to be for queer people. Obviously, just like any other community, we can't agree on anything and we're constantly squabbling over <laughs> all kinds of silly little things. But generally, it's it's a good place to be and people do speak up for queer people in this community, which I think is wonderful. I know sometimes um, I've had have straight ally friends who have said to me before, you know, I don't feel like I should speak up on your behalf and 
I always tell them there is a, a big difference between speaking up in support of somebody and speaking up over somebody. And as long as you're not doing that, um, you're fine. <laughs> Appreciate the support. It's great. Just don't put your voice don't put your voice ahead of queer people's voices. Yeah. Um, and I think in your one of your latest columns for the unicorn. Um, Ask a Unicorn, you did have a link to some educational material online somewhere as well. So, I think, yeah, um, I, had a, I had a link to like a Planned Parenthood website where they had a page of resources and, and, uh, and links to other places. I can, it's probably in yeah. the, in the AO3 or if I, maybe if I, if I haven't put it up on AO3 yet, then it's in the Google Doc where I keep all the, all the stuff for that I can send that to yeah, you yeah so if anything if, if um, anything you've heard today um, has piqued your interest or uh, you'd like to hear, read more about any of that this stuff um, we'll put up some links to resources and um, make sure you can get some good information about that stuff too mm-hmm. so yeah um, and including the links to what we've been talking about, um, all the links to the fix as well will be on our website, mixtapebookclub.com, so check it out. You can also find links to ways that you can get in touch with us if you want to um, share something with us um, or give us suggestions on other things to talk about. Um, our social media accounts are all at Mixtape Book Club and you can email us at contact at mixtapebookclub.com or you can come and chat with us on the Profound Bond Discord server in our channel there. Okay, next week we are going to be discussing uh, Creature Fix. So stories in which Dean or Cass are not quite human. Yes. It's going to be bats. <laughs> okay, maybe How not. many bats? Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be good. Could also do a Merman cast. There are so many options for how to embarrass Mal here. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, um, we've got to say a, a big thank you to you, Kobe, for coming to talk to us today. Thank you for having me. This has been so much fun. We appreciate you. <laughs> Lovely to talk to you. Um, and thank you to everyone for listening, and we'll talk to you again soon. And as always, remember that the story isn't over until we say it is. Mm-hmm.